This episode of Grade 43 is brought to you by On Trajectory. See where your money is taking you at ontrajectory.com. Do the math. Five kids. Three dogs, two cats, one and a half fish. Do teenagers count? And a lizard. Thirteen guitars. Seventeen years of formal education. Nineteen, but who's counting? Two middle-aged two men. Two middle-aged men. On a Get off my lawn. And a whole bunch of misguided ideas. <laughs> it works out to something like grade 43. 40. Get off my lawn. Grade. The audio. Bucka, bucka, bucka. The audio. Shall we start with follow-up? Are we in this? Yeah, yeah. We Are got we some follow-up. We're doing it. So We're, we're in this. Yeah, okay. yeah. Because I misspoke last time. You asked me about the tone bleed. We were talking about in the last episode oh, yeah, right. about the King Tone, uh, very fancy tone bleed device. Um, well, treble bleed, actually. I, I misspelled it also here. The treble bleed. So this is a contraption that... Uh, Basically, you mod your guitar very lightly. It's probably the easiest mod you can do on a guitar. And when you turn down the volume, it keeps the signal from getting too dark. You you continue to have your treble. And that's what uh, still makes it sound like something. Like most guitars, yeah. you roll past seven yeah. and you might as well just be turning it off. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. And yeah. when you use this, it keeps it sounding pretty nice, pretty much the same, but quieter. Which can make a big right. difference if you want to like really work that edge of breakup thing where you get like a clean tone and then you roll it up to 10 and now it's like distorted. So it's kind of cool, right? Because it affects right. how loud it goes into your Right. Amp. And so like, so I know, I know you had one of these. I asked a question about this because you yep. use this in your Hendrix tone. Yep. But you have like a clarification point. It's not like a, it's not like a laugh button that you hit, right? It's, no, the clarification is that you don't... Um, you asked if you put it, if it was like a tone knob thing, but actually it becomes part of the volume knob when you attach it. It's not a tone switch, except now I'll make it confusing. The King Tone one replaces the tone switch with this hmm. treble bleed that has multiple settings. So it has a whole bunch of settings that you toggle Instead, it's a, it's, ver it's a variable treble bleed. Yes, it's a variable. It's Got a configure. It. Okay. Yeah, a, a, a treble bleed. But that if you I can but configure. if I have a treble bleed, I still have a volume. This just yep. makes my volume work differently. Sometimes it replaces my tone knob, but it's this auxiliary control that's coming in there to. Yep, to and it, and if you bought it from Stumac for ten bucks, it would just be something that you put uh, a, a, on your volume potentiometer, and that's it. And when you turn down the volume, you still got good sound. So that's what it is. Awesome tool. I think it's good point. Yeah, and and the thing. whole and an interesting thing is, that I read or heard or watched or something about it is that I I think it might have been in one of the Phil videos. He was talking about how PRS always puts a treble bleed on their volume controls. Oh, or, or something to that effect. So this may be like a practice, and like this is a way to get that practice like built in. Practice. Oh, what do you, what do of, you mean of of putting the uh, the treble bleed in there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had my something. Vid my video is locked. Yeah, your video is locked. Maybe it'll come back. It's a good pose. <laughs> Zikra. It's uh. Oh. We might use it. We'll Talk take to a, the head. I'm gonna take a screenshot of our current situation. Hopefully, uh, Bill Murray won't um, 
I won't the state problem. won't go after us. They won't go after me because my avatar on Discord is Bill Murray. By the way, it doesn't matter that much for the podcast, but we're using Discord instead of Zoom to see if we can um, potentially not have to worry about the 40-minute rule because <laughs> we're just not ready to jump into a professional Zoom account, you know? I just don't think I'm ready to use a whiteboard with you yet. Yes, yeah, That right. should be okay, right? <laughs> Fun fact... I was on a call the other day, and I wanted to have a whiteboard as well as my camera, so I set a second camera up, and I called it whiteboard, and somehow now every time I'm on a call, my thing says whiteboard, so I was talking to the speaker. They were doing a presentation. They're like, so Mr. Whiteboard, I'm like, it's Mr. Board. <laughs> anyway, that was terrible, but it's true. This literally happened to me yesterday. It's a, it's a true story. Um, okay. It's always good. We had, we had to implement a rule where like you couldn't rename your zoom self. Um, Oh really? The corporate account. Yeah. So you couldn't show up and be like that bitch or something. (laughs) Oh, too funny. Too funny. I think you might've had a couple topics too. Um, yeah, no, actually one, one quite important one and that makes sense for us to tackle since we're doing, um, episode eight. So I'm going to jump around uh, a little bit if, if you don't mind. So, um, we need to have an update on maybe more things, but, uh, probably some updates on creatures. So, you know, our, our tagline is, you know, five kids and 88 dogs and, you know, like whatever it is, but it always, um, had stuck on one and a half fish. And, um, actually one of our, one of our listeners, uh, said, uh, Hey, I don't understand. Why is it one and a half fish? Um, so I have that explanation, but then I also have bad news because oh, no. the half of a fish um, looks like it finally passed away. So oh. anyway, my, my daughters had, the, had these fish and one of them got something horrible that wasn't like, you know, easily diagnosed or figured out. And it was just like, huh, that fish looks like a little weird. And we expected it to go any minute and that's puddle fish, right? So it's not like we're going to take it to the emergency room or anything like that. So we're right. like, yeah, whatever. And like this fish hung on. So we're like, you know what? It's like, we should only have one fish, but we have one and a half fish. Well, anyway, that, that half fish was, um, floating up near, near the top of there. Uh, oh no. So we're gonna have to update the tagline, but also, um, we need to update it for guitars. Oh, really? And well, I mean, as a result of your, your purchases, my purchases, and then also something which we'll talk about in a later episode, we might need to update the tagline. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Good point. Good point. Yes. And before we reveal that, in the meantime, our wives are going to be panicking. They're going to be like, oh my God, what are they up to? Right. Yeah, totally. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, and then my other yeah. my other thing before before we get into this uh, amazing episode which we have for you, which was just a terrific interview, and I'll let Calamar cue this this one up. But I just need to preemptively say that even though it was a brilliant point when it happened at the time, a theorician is not an actual thing, and I understand that. So don't email us about that one. <laughs> I was looking at our at our. Um metrics for the podcast and like every time we drop an episode almost without fail we have someone from bulgaria that downloads That's and listens awesome so uh blago daria 
which I hope means thank you and not anything else to whoever that is. <laughs> and drop or us a we've line. we've just started a blood feud. Yeah. And, we, yeah. you know, hopefully we, we'll drop your name. We'll say, hey, because it's kind of cool to have people from all over the world. Uh, most of the other yeah, folks are is. friends of ours that are from other countries, you know, but mm-hmm. I don't know anyone in Bulgaria, I don't think. So I'm, it's kind of cool. Yeah. And, like, I just find it interesting when we look and there's, you know, somebody from, like, Kansas. I think, like, that's kind of interesting. Oh, I didn't know it broke down the U.S. stat. I got to take a look at that. That's cool. Yeah, no, I know. We'll have to take a look at that. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, so uh, let's get into it, right? Let's let's talk about Josh. Talk to Josh. Josh is someone I met um, through the internet, which sounds super strange, but I met him through his newsletter. And uh, Josh is amazing. Uh, he does a lot of stuff. He's such a productive yeah. human being. It's unbelievable. So three fun facts about Josh, and then we'll just jump right into the interview. So from his website, we have Josh is also known as the Human Jukebox. He writes the best damn guitar newsletter on the whole freaking internet. He's also the music director for a national touring act called Under the Street Lamp. So without further ado, let's just jump right in. I found Josh on the internet last year. So that was in 2021, I think. Was it 2020? I don't know, because during the pandemic, for those listening to this later time, became one big thing. I don't know. Focused on being super practical and usable, Josh's classes are like totally amazing. It's rarely about like flashy riffs. You know, like I said, we were in the pandemic and I was no longer playing music with others. So I was yearning for like more musical interaction. And Josh proposed an amazing concept. It was 30 days, practice, and ship a short video of yourself playing every day. And if you shipped every day, you even got a discount on the course. So, like, thrifty me was like, aha, this is excellent. Like, I get a discount if I just do the thing. So I like that. And there was a Slack channel, and we could all interact. It was perfect. Big surprise, I was, like, the loudest person in the room most of the time, chatting it up. But it was really a great experience, and Josh really changed my, like a lot of my approach even to guitar. You know, his philosophy, I think, I'm going to paraphrase, but it's like, you know, have fun first. Practice the critical things like rhythm and time and really understanding the fretboard, like in his course, which is called Guitar OS. You get to have fun and you get to learn things. I think that's like really just the best way to learn. And also, did I mention that he's a dad? He has a quote-unquote day job as a musical director of Under the Street Lamp, and he creates all these courses in a newsletter. So I can't say nice enough stuff about Josh, and I'm really excited to have him on the show today. So without further ado, Josh Skaya. Soft J, hard J. Oh, wow. Did you stick the landing on that one? Nice. Uh, You should have stuck the landing. So my grandfather, when he came from Poland, was like, well, I'll Americanize my name. And I will be Skaja, because we all know Skaja is so much easier <laughs> right. to pronounce than Skaja. Can't swing a dead cat um, without hitting a Skaja in America. Right. Well, you know, but in Chicago, there is yeah, a strong true. Polish yep. contingency. Um, and now in, uh, now I live in the suburbs, and it's like super Polish here, and there's like a lot of people who would like to speak to me in Polish. And I'm oh, like, wow. I like, yeah, I could say the word right. ass in, in Polish. That's the Kielbasa? extent of my... I like uh, kielbasa and pierogi. Pierogi? So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, the, uh, 
there's a, a funeral home family that I'm related to who I've never met because once my grandfather did that, they were like, he's out of the family. Like, oh, we, just, we, don't, we don't speak of him. <laughs> so it's amazing. But they're like, are you related to this guy of funeral home people? And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. Uh, all right. So it's we got to ask this question here. But I'm going to get back to your last name possibly in a minute and we can talk about it or not. But this is sort of our icebreaker. You know, our, our, our tagline talks about like having... I don't know. There's like five kids, one and a half. Fish, far too many creatures. Far too to take many care creatures, of. and then like thirteen guitars, which is actually a lie. It's probably more like twenty-five guitars. So we're always trying to talk about adulting too. And so, what is the last like adulting type of thing that you remember having to do most recently that you could share with us? Um, you mean besides spending twenty-one hundred dollars fixing the air conditioner on my car? <laughs> That's a that's a good one. Yeah. Hey, this is it's not really blowing cold air right now. Just take a look at that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's like you have an envelope going for this. Like, well, I don't have a car right. payment anymore, so I'll just pretend I have like a small car payment, and over time, I'll build up a cushion so that when I need to, like, oh, I did not build up enough of a cushion. <laughs> I I figured you know a thousand dollars was yeah. fine. Oh, that. That's like the perfect definition of of like adulting. No money left over for the little Christmas tree air freshener. Right, right, right. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we were Uh just talking about how like uh, Brian had to drop off all these contingency plans for his kid at school or whatever. And it's like, I want someone to do that for me. Like, I don't have any of that. I have no one to clarify to others like about me. Like, here's an intro about Calamar. And just remember to like smile and nod at his jokes because he feels really uncomfortable if you don't or something. Understand he's driven by frugality. Right. I don't know. know. (laughs) Like, help me too. Like, adulting. We're always like, my kid's life is, I've already uh, booked her birthday party event in September. Okay it's may i've already booked it because i don't want to not have it and like deal with her with that so yeah you're ahead of the game i for once but never in my life only in her life am i ahead of the game now did you is that a thing that you uh you develop this out of necessity is is your um because for me like i have both my wife and i have the uh tour manager of the band who are both like um I need to be smuggled into and out of this country under cover of night. Like, either one of those people can make that happen. Like, it's just the level of like, oh, that the first way we tr- the first eleven ways we tried didn't work, but then we found this thing. And so, like, to have someone who's uh, super organized and and I'm super organized, but to have someone who's like ready to, you know, run through brick walls, yeah. like, is is very. So they're they're not quite like handlers, but they're there, ready to be deployed. Right. Yeah. See, oh, I am yeah. not organized necessarily but I consider myself a fixer. You can drop me in the middle of whatever jungle. I'm going to fix it. Like we are going to solve whatever that problem is that you have. We'll deal with it. Life has given me that skill. So it's just don't ask you to anticipate the problem and take everything. (laughs) Right. I won't have anything ready, but I'll like, (laughs) you know, uh, uh, take off my shirt and use that to do everything with it somehow. Like a MacGyver thing or something. I don't know. So, yes. I mean, it's, that's that's playing in a band. That's working in a kitchen. That's it's exactly what will go wrong today. It will be something new that yep. has never gone wrong before, and so like your previous experience will be useful, but really only in a mindset thing of like, oh yeah, that's a real yeah. problem. Only as a re- re- uh, failure reflection point, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We better get something to eat while we figure out how to solve this really interesting. Josh, problem. did you ever it's work like, in a kitchen? 
Uh, I, that was my first okay. job, and then I worked um, as a as a waiter for a long time and as a bartender, and that's what I was doing when I was like playing in uh, various bar bands and what mm-hmm. have you. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, I, I feel like um, this all ties into what was going to be my first question for you. You know, you're you're a parent, you are always helping out family and stuff we've talked about sometimes where that those things are happening you're like the musical director of this nationally touring show uh you write an extremely thorough newsletter i mean that thing is i i don't think i've ever seen a newsletter as thorough as as josh's you have a bunch of courses uh can you how do you do this (laughs) well Uh, well, like it's helpful to understand that um, I have zero meetings. Ooh. Like, I don't even have my calendar open anywhere. I mean, like, I'm at work right now. Interesting. Um, and zero uh, my wife is temporarily retired, so, like, I'll just wake up before the kids. And then I was like, well, she, she can, like, get up and make breakfast and, you know, get the elder child onto the bus or whatever. Uh, and then I just I'm sitting here working on stuff during my like peak hour. Oh, that's awesome! And then the, you got the whole afternoon to do whatever else needs to be done: cook dinner, go shopping, or you know, clean out the garage or whatever. So, and not having a job is is the short answer to your question. <laughs> um, but I am I'm like I'm stoked that um, that you notice that the newsletter like there's a whole saying of like easy reading is damn yeah. hard writing. Um, uh, and so, like, I really just want it to be very bingeable and skimmable and just like, oh, I read this thing in two minutes, so it must have taken three minutes to write. And it's yeah. like, well, actually, that was about yeah. four hours. Yeah. You know? There's so. charts. There's, like, there's like this beautiful, like, uh, uh, guitar necks that are, like, look like wood. Like, I've never seen any. Like, oh, yeah, that was a nice it's, touch. It's yeah. crazy. It's just, it's just it's so <laughs> thorough. And just the whole thing is, like you said, so digestible. It's just, like, really tight little nuggets of music theory but immediately applied it's not just music theory for the sake of music theory and you and i have talked about that whole thing about like it shouldn't be about music theory anyway so you you try not to make it about that even though it's in right yeah i mean to me theory is this is just the language we use to describe the music and as it's useful to talk to other musicians or importantly to explain it to yourself um, if you're like, what what's going on here? Why is he doing this thing that I would never think to do? Then you can like, oh, okay, he's he's treating it like it's this other chord. He's playing this chord. You know, like all of music theory should be a description of something right. cool that happened. But it's very important to remember the cool thing has right. to happen right. first. It's it's a historical like collection of information, right? Music theory is yeah, taking absolutely. History. And then there's a ton of stuff that's true of music theory for orchestral musicians that's not like untrue for pop musicians it's just not particularly useful because it's like maybe it is untrue it's like it just you have a different goal um you're playing metronomic pop music and not you know orchestral music with a conductor so you're just necessarily going to think about some things differently yeah like if you had um parallel tones like parallel voicings through all your chords and stuff like that yeah. Or, or uh, a music theorician or uh, orchestral person would be like, you just you just did the same thing over and over again. But if you want to make a right. really bitchin' pop tune, crank that up. Give me all the fourths and fifths in the exact same position right. and make oh, it totally. big. Right? Yeah, it's the it's the, the the part writing that you're not supposed to have parallel fifths moving. But when you think about like every punk rock song of like, it's like you've got like all of these. I mean that's. 
Like it's those are parallel fits. Sounds cool yep. to me. I don't yeah. know. Sounded like Hendrix actually. That was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I realized like after I started playing it, I was like, oh, that was that almost was smoke, smoke right. on the water. It was, yeah. It of course, was. correct. This is yeah. not a guitar store. Right. Stop. But it. then it turned into Hendrix. <laughs> it was cool. Sir, can I put that guitar away now? It's gonna start showing okay. marks. But but let me get back to that question. Sorry, I just want to like pull this thread just a little bit harder. Of okay, you have time to do things. That doesn't mean things are gonna get done. Having all the time in the world doesn't mean you actually are productive and 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 do things. So like, where is that coming from? Is it like, did you read Atomic Habits? Is it that? Is it like mental models or like what's the? Um, I'm a dabbler. I, I want to try a bunch of stuff. So if you tell me about like, well, this is the system I use for productivity, I, I might try it just to see what's gonna work for me. And over the years, I've arrived at like, well, this is what I know of myself. Like. If it doesn't happen in the morning, it doesn't happen. Um, if I just open up the fire hose of the internet and let it pollute my brain before I do anything of value, the likelihood of it of doing something of value goes down. I know if uh, I don't exercise, then, eh, so like the day starts with a walk. Even if it's just like 10 minutes, you're going to walk to the end of the subdivision and back just to like, now the blood is pumping. Uh, I know... Uh, I'm really good at drinking, but I know that I'm not any good at the rest of my life with even like <laughs> a beer while cooking dinner. Like is it will knock me off my course. So I go really long stretches without any alcohol whatsoever. And it's like, oh, well, my friend's getting married. I'm gonna go to his wedding. I'm gonna you know get drunk with my friends or whatever. We finished making this recording a live concert for PBS. Okay, well let's go celebrate. Let's open that. We bought a house. We're gonna open that bottle of champagne. Mm-hmm. You know whatever those mm-hmm. things look like. Uh, so these are just things that I know about myself. And then the rest of it gets really easy. It's like, I've carved out all this time to do the thing. I've identified what I want to do. Uh, and I have, I'm just going to turn this computer. I don't know if you can see my wall. Are you, of, are you uh, scrumming right now? Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm using, uh, it's like, I'm make, trying to make my work visible so that, I can look up and go, this is my work in progress. This is, you know, I'm waiting on this thing to hear back from these people. This is what I ship. This is what's done. Uh, And it's just, that works better for me to use Post-it notes and a Sharpie than it does for me to write it in a digital thing where I can create an endless list of things that I maybe will never get to. That's right. Do you find, because I've recently in the past uh, couple years gone back to paper, because I used to, I used to be the guy who would dabble in everything and every two months go, I got it. It's this system. Right. Um, And then I went back to paper and you know, what's really good about the paper is like the kinetic actual movement of it. Like I know I wrote that post-it note. So I remember it as opposed to like, let me go to today's uh, smart list of to do's. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it helps you realize that like your time is finite and like, well, I don't know, maybe I'm never gonna hang those shelves. Oh, I guess I do need to buy a new extension cord. Like I have things there, uh, you know, oh yeah, that's right. I was going to relearn how to play Springsteen's Thunder Road. Like it's, it's there on the wall. Like it's, so it's just, it's not in the, the ready to work on pile because I have like a priority. Like I know I can, if I ship, finish shipping this course to get the first uh, whole section ready that I could put it up for sale and that like, oh cool. Now that's, this is a, a great thing to have done. Whereas like, Nothing good comes of, uh, I don't know. Let's see what's next on the list. Oh, like I should be practicing my Spanish, but I'm not. (laughs) And that's fine. So um, I want to get back to the newsletter thing in a second. So you obviously have quite a few bowling pins up in the air based on everything, life and all of your uh, creative pursuits. Is there anything that's like, what would you consider primary? Like if I ran into you at a cocktail party and said, 
what's what's you what do you do like which, which of those things do you do you pull out oh yeah i usually tell people that like i have six or seven jobs but they're all playing guitar <laughs> nice um because it's it looks like a bunch of different things it's like uh like Colin said um i'm the uh music director of a touring band which is like okay so i have to make sure we know what set we're going to play. I have to create, we run a click track in the ears. Um, we don't run any of it to front of house, but there's like count-ins, mm-hmm. whatever, in our ears, and I run that in Ableton. So i got to create the Ableton set. i got to send all the reference materials to all the people. So there's all these nested Dropbox folders, and I've named all the files so that it's like zero one is actually the first song so that when you open it on your end, you don't have to like reorder them. And like, it's just little things like that. Um, you know, I'm basically a librarian as much as I am a guitar player on that, which is fine. Um, and then, yeah, I play when I'm not doing that. I play solo shows at home because it's just, it's easy. Do I know that song? Um, sure. I've heard it before. Like, we'll try it. It's different than like, if you have a bunch of people with you and you're like, well, only three of the four of us know it. And one of the three that doesn't know it is the singer. So aren't you the human jukebox? You know all the songs. Um, that part makes it really easy. And then, yeah, the courses business is totally driven by writing a newsletter. And that was just like everything else with productivity and trying a bunch of things and seeing what sticks, you just got to try a bunch of stuff. Uh, and then it's like, hmm, that's not it. No, that's not it. And they go, oh, and you end up stumbling into something that's good. Or you end up working on a project that, like, like I said, I'm working on a course right now. And I go back and I'm like, well, how did I write this for the first one? And I'm like, ooh, oh, my work has gotten better because the project is sufficiently mm-hmm. large that now I have to go back to the beginning and sort of like touch up what I did at the start of this long project in order to make it match the quality that I have now attained right, by stumbling right. my way forward right. into new stuff. So is that so? My one of my questions is, how did you land at the sweet spot for the newsletter? I mean, because so many guitar instruction things on the internet, and I accidentally, in a moment of weakness, signed up for a, some competing stupid YouTube ad newsletter thing, which will teach me how to shred or whatever, but everything is unlock the secrets, unlock the mystery, do these 50 million Paganini runs before breakfast time. Um, what I love about the newsletter, it's just pra- it's practical and grounded. Like I can take it and I can go, yeah, even if I just want to play the chords along with that or play the chords and think about it, or that it's, it's just very easy to grasp as opposed to like, think about prime numbers and then look at the fretboard, right? <laughs> yeah, um, the thing that I noticed, uh, so two parts to that question. Um, when I taught guitar lessons in a shop, um, most of the people who were teachers there were like sort of shred metal, um, prog rocky, um, incredible players, very talented. Um, but you realize like, oh, there's not as many gigs for a local, like shred badass as there are for like an even mediocre singing acoustic guitar strumming person. Yep. It's just not. And so you end up having the sort of shred players over, overrepresented at the like teaching studio level. And when you look at people who are like, well, this is what I'm doing now. I want to take this to the internet and I want to talk about these things. It's really hard to tie that back to actual music it's like well this is how we play quintuplets it was like why do i need to play quintuplets like name me a song where i need this you know and it's for me writing the newsletter it's like look i just i like these songs and i feel they're underrepresented and i feel like it's there's all sorts of really really cool stuff that we go like 
oh yeah, the chords are like this. Then you listen to the recording, you're like, actually, no, they're not. Like he does not never plays that thing. She doesn't use those voicings. She uses these ones or whatever that looks right. like. So to be real about it and to like pull the real stuff from there and to get interested in it, all it takes is that willingness to look deeper. And then suddenly things that you know, and this is not in no way limited to music or guitar, but like anything that you care about just a little bit more to dig a little bit deeper suddenly you're like oh wow this thing is this thing because of this thing and you just like start to dig in and it becomes fascinating um as for how did we how did i arrive at the format of the newsletter it used to be a collection of links on the, like the first i don't know friday or whatever and then the second friday was like i would write an article and then in january of 2021 I started doing this thing called um, Ship 30 for 30. It's what gave the uh, inspiration for the Solo 30 thing. But it was writing a little essay. He called Atomic Essays. It would fit on a, like the screenshot of your phone. So it had to be really, really constrained. You had to be very efficient with it. And so I took that thing, and after I wrote 200 days in a row, I wrote a little essay like that. I was like, okay, I, I feel like I'm onto something with this. So I changed the format of the newsletter to come out once a week. And it's riffs, recs, charts, and smarts. Riffs is like that atomic essay. Recs is like, I would get some of these recommendation emails, and I was like, man, there's like 15 articles in here that take 10 minutes each to read. Like, I so now I I find this person interesting. I want to know uh, what she's reading, but like I just I just her emails sit in my inbox and I don't open them because I know that it's like a two hour commitment to even just browse through the stuff that she sent that week. So then it's like, uh, so I don't want to have that. So one single recommendation. Yeah. So riffs, recs, charts is like, I'm making all this sheet music. And now, you know, I've, now I'm like super bullish on sound slice. So now it's like, oh, we can be even more granular. We can talk about what's happening in this riff or in cool. this section of a song. Uh, and then smarts just pointing out the stuff that's in there. It's like, yeah, B7 is not really in the key of G. So we just call this like a borrowed mm -hmm. chord or whatever. Like, you know... There's something interesting about almost every piece of music if you just care mm -hmm. to look at it and talk about you, it. You actually already touched on sort of what my follow-up question was going to be, that, you know, um, one of the reasons we, Brian and I started talking is because we're sort of busy all the time. We don't have time to mess with music. Okay, so let's start a podcast where we can do that, but we also want to kind of like practice stuff and do things ourselves for, for, um, the music. And, um, I was going to ask, how do you tie it all together? But you just described it. Like a big part of it is like, how, how do like, right. So like our podcast, same thing, like let's create content that's relevant to exactly whatever it is we want to practice or play or perform so that it just all rolls into one thing. Cause I don't have enough hours in my day to do that. Uh, otherwise, is that the case? Of what you're doing, it sounds like. Like, your newsletter rolls in from what you do in Ableton already. And all. Yes and no. I mean, there is, um, it's all part of, of, like, fits in a portfolio of my interests, right? But also, you're, like, to create a podcast, to have a newsletter, to make something, you're, you didn't find those hours, you took them away from something else. And hopefully it wasn't like hanging out with your family or exercising or sleeping because that's like, uh, you know, you can't overdraw that bank account indefinitely. It's, uh, it comes back to bite you. Um, so, yeah, when I'm in, like, especially now creating a course, it's like every day to get up and work on it for three, four hours um, of my best time. I would be much better at guitar if I got up and practiced during those 
three, four hours, but like I can't not make the thing I, I want to make. So I'm going to make the thing I want to make and I'm taking that away from my practice. So do you find that when you make this podcast, it solves your problem or does it scratch? <laughs> I know it? so much now from knowing, <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it is insanely easy to collect tons of things and go, Oh my God, we got to talk about this. Oh my God, I need to look into this. Oh yep. my God, I need to do this. Yep. And then we actually had this realization a couple of days ago. I was like, you know what? You know what I haven't done in a while? I haven't played the guitar. <laughs> yeah. Here we are on a guitar podcast, guitar-ish podcast, and my, yep. I, yeah. I haven't really played anything. I've held it in my hands and like on a boring conference call or something, but man. Well, and like a month ago, I was starting to think like, all right, so we'll do some product reviews and we'll connect with like a local music store and then they'll feed us gear so we can do all this stuff. And then I was like, this takes a lot of time. Holy moly. And then <laughs> we talked to Phil, talking to Phil McKnight, the amazing Phil McKnight of Know Your Gear. And his advice for people starting anything on YouTube or podcast is like, only do the things you really like. Because if it goes viral, you're going to have to do that other thing. So don't do that other thing unless you really want to. So I was like, ah, yeah. I'm going to skip the gear review as much as I think I want to do <laughs> yeah. it. Like... Maybe not. That's so funny <laughs> that you mentioned that because I've been thinking about this a lot lately that I look at. Um, so like I found Rhett Scholl because he was doing tour diaries and I was like, this is cool. Like this is this. I watched one where he like he had two guitars in his suitcase in his backpack and he had to walk forever from the hotel desk to his room. And then the key didn't work. <laughs> I was like, this, this is my life right here. Nice. This is exactly it. Um, but when I see, and I don't mean to like pick on him, but I see it's very widespread of like a video that's like the 11 guitars, every guitarist needs to own. I'm like, man, that's not right. true. Like you just, an electric, an acoustic, maybe some more if you yeah. like them, but like you don't need both a Tele and right. a Strat and also a Les Paul. Like I just, yeah, you don't. Um, so yeah, thinking about that, this guitar I'm holding in my lap, there were questions about it that were not answered on the internet. And I was like... I think I have to make oh, a video boy. about the case and the electronics and what it sounds like compared to a full-size guitar. And I'm going to have to put a disclaimer up top of like, I don't do right. gear reviews. I do not want to be a gear reviewer. I do not want to start YouTube videos with like, this is a sponsored post. Right. Yeah. seems like that works out well for people. It would make me super. Yeah. And, and like Phil also said, you have to constantly be pivoting anyway. It's super annoying, like changing your little avatar every now and then, and then changing things like Twitter now is all yay or nay. I've noticed it's like, ugh, stop this yay or nay nonsense. Like, can we, uh, yeah, I can't do, I'm not good at Twitter. Brian is now the official Twitterer. Yeah, that's right. I I'm can't official. I'm, I, I'm okay. At I'm the Twitter Instagram. custodian. Yeah. Grade I'm okay at Instagram. <laughs> so, uh, so speaking of your acoustic, so I noticed in your, um, uh, YouTube videos, like I would say a preference maybe for acoustic guitar and some of those, which I really kind of dig because I think if you're doing a cover, if you can't pull it off on an acoustic uh, and get the gist of it across, doesn't matter, right? It's your, it's not going to be a good sounding song. So is all that intentional? Do you find you, that you gravitate towards the acoustic because it's more um, idealized? This actually, and this actually ties into what you were talking about before of like, oh, I I did a bunch of stuff about guitar today, but I didn't play any guitar today. Um, I found that there was that going on in my life, and I was like, I don't really have any clips of me playing, and I and I have this block about, oh, well, I'm gonna make a YouTube video, so it's gotta, I gotta set up the cameras and the lights, and I gotta do all this stuff, and I was like, well, you know what? I know several hundred songs off the top of my head. 
I'll just record one every day. And so, and I was putting it on my, my Facebook just because it was easy. Sure. Um, and the, the YouTube algorithm is like, yeah, that's a copyright strike. Yeah, that's also a copyright strike. Yes, that's also a copyright strike. I'm like, I don't care. I don't want the money from it. I was just going to like put something up there. So, um, no, those things are very much like, uh, what's a song I haven't um, recorded yet today? I'll just play that one. And I did it for, I don't know, 60 or 70 days. And then the other day I was like, I don't feel like doing this today. And now I haven't done one in a couple of days. But like, it was just to sort of get in that habit of creating something. And it goes right to that um, Ship 30 for 30 essay writing thing, the mm-hmm. Solo 30 thing that I did with Calamar um, of like every day we're going to record ourselves playing a solo over, you know, some set of changes and post it. And we're going to like the act of recording raises your standards where you're like, oh, that's fine. But then you record yourself and you look at it and you're like, that's so not fine that I started playing before the recording head got to the part and now the whole first note's missing you know like there's just that element of it uh and so i find that making something and shipping something is a really good way to sort of trick my brain into showing up and then of course like you get a streak going yeah i can't not do it i can't not review my readwise today (laughs) i'm at like 63 days in a row and 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 brian and i talk about this and i always credit you josh with this because like i'm pretty pretty prolific and quick about recording myself playing guitar and it comes from doing the 30 day thing like having a system for doing it and then overcoming that barrier of like oh i flubbed that or whatever right like there's Mm -hmm. a balance of like i completely miffed it i'm gonna start over versus like okay there's some flubs i can live with that i don't care i'm not here to like audition for something i don't know and and right you're yeah. not making a like a top forty right, pop right. record. It's yeah, like, and Brian okay. is like, oh man, as soon as the record light comes on, it's like red light oh, syndrome. Such red it's light like syndrome. I can't play it at all. Oh yeah, and it's like yeah, you, it's like you just got to get it. You got to do it. It's gonna suck for a month or a week, maybe a week, not a month. It'll suck for a, a week, and then all of a sudden it's just like, yep. oh yeah, I'll just do that. That's okay. Yep, away you go. Um, so that yep. was really. I have gotten better at that, though. Yeah. Especially on our, especially on our last like little uh, challenge thing. Yep. I think I only screamed at the computer like two times. Right. <laughs> and then um, after that, I was like, okay, yeah. get, get a little composure here. Yeah. And had my best take. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's something um, about recording, too, that it requires a level of attention. Uh, of You have to pay attention to what you're playing. And so you almost can't pay attention to what it really sounds like Mm. and then because it just floats away into the ether under most circumstances in most settings you play a song and it just floats away and that's that's the only chance you get like well i i made it to the end i didn't die it must Mm -hmm. have been fine and then you listen to the recording and you're like oh yeah do i sing that out of tune like what whoa that section in the middle that i thought sounded fine i sped up like a ton it was really bad so like recording is also um you get it's a very brutally honest mirror held up to your own playing, and then you go like, "Oh, I liked it better." Yeah. When I oh man, know. yeah. yeah. You know, when we started Solo Thirty, the most notable noticeable thing for me was I thought I was kind of laying back in the time and and phrasing, and really I was just sucking at it. Is what was happening. Like it was just <laughs> not a cool behind or ahead of the time kind of thing. It was just bad, and I was like, "Oh, I got to clean that up," and then. That got a lot better. But, like, that was the first super noticeable, like, wow, my time, which I think is good, is not not there. Yeah. Um, Let's, we're humans. Metronomes. We're not. Our default setting is not to be <laughs> right, good at time. Right, right, right. You know, it's like, oh, 
I'm in this meeting and it's just the time. Like, did the, did the clock stop? Right. Why is it going so slow? And then Five you know minutes. you're like reading Reddit and you're like, oh man, I was supposed to leave ten yeah. minutes ago. Having all the time in the world doesn't mean that you're productive, and having money in your bank account doesn't mean that you know what the future brings for you financially. But as they say, it gets really easy if you know the rules, and that's where On Trajectory comes in. On Trajectory is an easy-to-use, high-fidelity financial planning tool that maps your income, investments, and expenses in a friendly graphical display. On Trajectory captures dozens of data points so that you understand how your decisions affect your finances now, two months from now, or years from now when your kid starts applying to college. Built by finance nerds, OT is for anyone who wants to gain a clear picture of their financial future. It takes your guesses and turns them into educated, fact-filled, and data-driven scenarios so that you're prepared for life's bumps and detours. On Trajectory will walk you through the real-life questions to build your financial plan. With its helpful onboarding, you'll be up and running and ready to model anything. Taxes, equity, income, debt, you name it. Getting financial peace of mind requires a plan you can trust, and On Trajectory gets you to that plan, or plans as the case may be. On Trajectory gives you complete control and flexibility and supports all the complexity of your real life. So find out where your money is taking you now. Go to www.grade43.com OT and sign up for free today. That's www.grade43.com OT. Thank you to On Trajectory for being a sponsor of Grade 43. So Josh, um, you know, we talked about the social media, we talked about the shipping and stuff. So I want to get into community a little bit because Brian and I are all talking about community too and um, creating communities that we can participate and engage in because like that's what we want with the podcast ultimately, right? Like for us, it's going to be uh, more and more people so we can engage with more people and, and have a community because life is about community really, I think, at the end of the day, right? Solo 30 was cool. I felt like, you know, 20% of people really were participated, like really participated. And I've now been in multiple different communities. And when it comes to like music and sharing music and like fostering participation for that kind of thing, it is hard. Like no, like so few people want to show up and do that. So like, do you have thoughts on that? How do we, how do we do that? (laughs) Well, I, I think you're right, though. Um, when you do, again, to go back to the analogy of like working in a restaurant or being on tour or um, I've not been in the military, but I imagine it's like this a lot. It's like you're doing a hard thing and you're doing a hard thing with people who um, are right there with you. And it like you just feel very connected to them in a way. And then you get into the, the wider world and you're like, I don't know what to do with these weirdos that are complaining about this stupid thing like. That, none of your day is hard. This was hard. I did this hard thing with my, you know, my coworkers or whatever, my friends, my brothers, my family now, because that's, you know, what it, what right. it feels like. Uh, and so I think that is the thing with Solo 30 that was like every single person on day one was like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to record myself playing guitar and then I'm going to put it on the Internet. Like someone is going to make fun of me. It's good. It just feels very exposed and I don't want to do it. Yep. And then you do it and it's like, no one cares actually. Not only did I not die, <laughs> nothing bad happened. And then like a bunch of people who were right there with me were like, yeah, way to go, man. That's way to do the yep. thing. Um, so absent that sort of practice, it's gotta be hard to build uh, a community. But 
I do think with a podcast, um, there's something very intimate about the format that you're walking around with your earbuds in or you're driving in your car and someone's just talking to you all the time. So then when you do have an interaction with that person, it doesn't feel like you're starting at zero. You're like, hey, man, what's going yeah, on? Like little... you've been hanging out with Tim Ferriss right, for you've got a you shared know, hours background a week already. For, like, you know, five years. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I don't know. Uh, that's my, my thought on that. I don't... I wouldn't say I'm good at community building. Um, I just happened to find a, uh, I happened to steal someone else's format. <laughs> and so when did you, um, how did you know? Cause like I can, you know, it's one thing I can be an idiot who shows up and talks on the internet about guitars with my friend um, and do that and make silly posts and stuff. But how did you know when you were good enough to start being like the authority that people would hand over money to or say like, yes, I'm signing up for you. Like what, what did that feel like? Because I could, you know, I've been in the band, I've performed, you know, we perform uh, every couple weeks on here and all that, but that's a little bit different than going like, I've got something to show you, right? So w- when when did that happen? That's an excellent question. Um, it's happening in reverse because you have the naivete of youth where you're like, you know, at 14 or 15 years old, I was like, I'm going to be a rock star. I think that's what I'm going to do for my job, you know? Like, I'm just like, there was no one, you know, I lived in a small town. It was like, oh, so you're good compared to other people who live in this small town? Like, that's not at all. Like, you might as well move to L.A. and try to be a model. Like, you know, <laughs> you're not ugly. This should be great. Like, that's not the, that's not the standard we we're being held to. Um, and so, and then I started the uh, writing on the blog in like, I don't know, 2012 maybe, 2013. Uh, and I was just like imitating James Clear. Uh, and just trying to write and trying to write and like find like I have a voice I know I can talk in a way that is not pretentious but also I don't know what I'm talking about I'm just looking for something to write about and as I've gone through and as I've been uh, sort of dragged along into this professional world and realized all the things I didn't know and had to learn that I feel gives me a certain sort of credibility that is sometimes missing of really great guitar players. They're like, well, this is how you do great guitar. And I was like, but were you ever crappy at guitar? Because that would be more compelling to me if you were crappy and then you Mm. stopped being crappy because you found something that worked for you. And so all the time when I'm sharing this stuff, that's the only way I want to share it. That's a hard-won experience, right? Like the uh, the whole whole C students make better teachers kind of idea. Oh, I've never heard this phrase, but that makes perfect sense to me. C students make better teachers. Yes, exactly. Because I... I don't have a lot going for me in terms of music, aside from stubbornness, and I want to do this because I like it and it's fun. And so I just keep showing up and I keep showing up. And any normal sane person would have been like, screw this, I'm going to you know, <laughs> go to school and become a dentist or something, something yeah. else. Uh, and then I'll just, I'll have, I'll get money for my job and I'll spend it on guitars and that'll be fine. I was like, well, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this my job, nice. even though I had no business doing that. And now at this point, coming up on, God, I don't know, um, 29 years of playing in a month, I should be way better. I should be way better at guitar than I am. Uh, But now I've found a bunch of things, and now it seems important to me to say, like, I see you, you're doing a thing, it's awesome, and I want you to continue enjoying the thing, and I don't want to give you grief about this or make you feel like you should not enjoy it. That being said, I noticed you're doing this thing that I was doing, that I just got right. stuck in for years at a time. Can I can I show you this thing that will help you get unstuck? So that's, that's cool. Yeah, because it, it seems like you know, especially with the way the world is now, you know, getting the content, getting the knowledge of like 
what, whatever to do, that's probably less important than what do you do with it once you are within reach of it or you find it or how do you work towards gaining it. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And there's still, like, um, there's still a lot of charlatanism around guitar playing. That's like you said, you like you get served up the, the Facebook ads and, you know, and some of them are great. You know, people who have super slick, um, like Tony Palacastro's uh, acoustic thing or whatever. I'm not part of that, but it, it's it's a community of people and they're showing up and they're playing and they're making a plan to practice. And, you know, I don't know them, but friends of friends like that seems super legit. Um, there's other people who it's like they're tweaking their sales funnels to make <laughs> more sales. And I'm just like, ew, it feels kind of gross yeah. um, to to have so little to bring to the table, but to have the sales part super polished. I would rather have that inverted, even if it, even if it results in me owning fewer guitars. Y'all touched on it, and I was talking to someone. I'll make a shout-out. I was talking to John Cordy this morning from England. Yeah. Oh, nice. He and I started chatting a bit more. He's a, he's awesome. I took a lesson with him the other day. It was awesome. Um, Do you work on legato stuff? Yeah. Like I'm always, whenever I hear him play, I'm just like, God, Yeah, yeah, awesome. it's awesome. It's, it's so, so cool. cool. And, well, side note, he made me realize that me learning three notes per string was not a bad thing. And I'm going to get into right. that topic too, right? Which is in today's age with social media, the other problem is seeing everyone else that's awesome and putting out, not necessarily they're awesome, people putting out content that looks awesome. And this is in every facet of life, right? It's like that whole problem of like, oh, my neighbor's my neighbor's life is so much better than mine. Look at them, right? That whole thing. FOMO. And now we have that everywhere. It's guitar. And the courses, even those courses play into that because it's like, oh, I'm missing that magical thing there probably. I need to take that course because there is that magical thing. And I've been playing guitar for over 30 years, not prof- nothing professionally, but like I've played guitar forever. I've played gigs. That's yeah, I've, I, right, Whatever. right. But like, I still have imposter syndrome. Like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, why do I have, why am I reevaluating how I hold the pick at this point? Like, I think there's a healthy side to that, but at the same time, it, there's like a imposter syndrome side. Like I'm missing a thing. Oh my God, I can't do the thing. And I got to, I like, oh, Pentatonic scales. Okay, I was told pentatonic t- scales suck, so I'm not going to play that anymore. Oh wait, I just heard <laughs> Chitlin's Concarni and the guy like played the most amazing solo, and it was all purely pentatonic. Whatever, right? Like exactly. it's just not yeah. a thing. And so it's it's to me again. You have to start with the joy. Yeah. Like find the thing that makes you want to continue doing the thing, yep. and find a way that makes it super accessible. Like I love my HX stump. It's super cool, but it's you know, once the kids are in bed, I'm like, well, I'm going to get this little Mustang micro and plug it directly into my guitar and like stream from YouTube into my headphones while I play. Like, cause it's just, it has less friction. Yeah. So it's like, how do I, how do I, um, set up my life and my gear choices and all these things so that I'm more likely to play? Yeah. Yeah. How do I like trick myself? I mean, it's all of these psycho- psychological things. Like there's, I have an app that, um, just takes money out of my checking account and it's like, he seems flushed this week and then there's like moves it into savings accounts for like different goals that I have. And it's like that level of tricking myself is really handy to have those, like, I don't know, to just, I know I'm lazy. I know I'm not, uh, don't have it together in most aspects. Um, so I, what can I do to... to yeah, that's called like lazy. Uh, benign paternalism, I think. <laughs> right, right. right. 
Right. Ah. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're like, there's a thread, like definitely from talking to Phil and definitely from like, uh, from talking to you and all of these things. And it turns out Socrates was right all along, like know thyself. There's like a certain element. I'm thinking in my head of this scene in, uh, dead again, where Robin Williams is a, uh, psychiatrist and he's talking to Kenneth Branagh and Kenneth Branagh keeps putting his pen into his mouth. And Robin Williams stops him and says, just ask me for a cigarette because he sees the cigarettes there. And he's like, no, no, but I don't smoke. And he goes, look, I got some advice for you. Figure out who you are and then be that person. You're either a smoker or a non-smoker. Just be one of those two <laughs> things. <laughs> I think that's very relevant here. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. It's super relevant, too, when you think about uh, what Calamar was saying, too, about like, you do. You see John Cordy playing and you're like, damn, I should work on my legato because that's really inspiring. It sounds amazing, whatever. And you spend, you can just get sucked out into trying a bunch of new things, which are, I don't know, it's not like it's bad to go try something new because even if you're not that good at it, I mean, like how much of your professional life is like, yeah, 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 no, no, no. I, I, they hired me for this, but they actually hired me because I'm good at these things. Lots of people, lots of people could play the guitar that needs to be played in my gig, but not lots of people you would trust to uh, show up to the airport on time and drive the rental van in a straight line that makes no one seasick and be positive when things objectively suck. These are the, like, there's 22 hours of the day of that stuff, and then there's two hours of sound check and playing a gig. And it's like, well, it doesn't matter how good you are at the two hours a day part. If you suck at the 22 hours a day part. You need one legato phrase, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, you think about, like, um, someone like Tom Quayle or John Cordy, and you're you're looking at what they're doing, and it's like, oh, this is a thing that um, was like intuitive or intriguing to them, and then they took it to its logical conclusion and became great at it. Um, and I don't have that. I don't have that in any aspect of my guitar playing. Uh, but it's like, oh, but he doesn't. He's easy to. Um, he'll make sure the rest of the band gets in their hotel rooms before he goes to sleep. To, so you can find out that, you know, they canceled your reservation uh, and now you're trying to figure out where you're going to sleep. There's the imposter syndrome poking its head up, I would say, right there. I, I'm with you. I'm like, I'm like that in my professional life, too. It's like, why did I just get a promotion again? I don't under, I talk to my therapist all the time. I'm like, why are they doing this? I don't understand it. But I did realize a thing that I spent 30 years, it took 30 or 35 years for me to figure out that it's okay to have something come easy to you. And I've spent way too long thinking that that wasn't okay and trying to do things that are way too hard. And now all of a sudden I'm realizing like in my professional career, like, oh, I'm really good at this thing that no one else likes to do. And it's like easy for, it's like I'm not even doing work most of the time. <laughs> and so then I'm, that's why I'm wondering like, wait, I didn't contribute anything. Oh no, but you did. My therapist is like, no, you don't yeah. understand. Yeah. You do a ton of work. You just, you're now doing what is easy to like, I should have done that in college. Why did I not study music? Cause like, I, I like music and I I'm reasonably good at it. No, I went and studied biochemistry. I abhor biochemistry. I have a degree in it. I have a degree and I got through it. I'm stubborn. Like you are Josh, like super stubborn and I will get through it. But like, why not just do the easy thing? Like find your voice and do that. Right. You know, when you talk about writing the newsletter too, it's important to me that it's like, if I read this out loud, it would just sound like me talking uh, because I don't want to like, I don't want to imitate someone else. I don't want to like put it like, well, if you did this, you would, 
you know, that you could again, you could build a sales funnel that captures more people and then like, you know, raises your average card right. order. I'm like, I'm not I'm not opposed to that. I'm opposed to like inventing something that's objectively not valuable and going, "Well, yes, and this is only $29 if you put it on your your order bump right now." <laughs> well, Josh, we've talked for about an hour and I think we could probably talk for another hour, but uh before we hang up or anything, Anything you want to share like that's going on that people should check out or, or you know, we're going to put we'll, we'll have some links in the in the podcast. Yeah, definitely check out the like most of what I do is the the newsletter. Um, you'll have a link for it or whatever. Sign up. See if you like it. If you don't, just unsubscribe. <laughs> it's fine. It's not for everyone. But I think it's for the people who it's for. It's uh, the only the only thing that's doing that thing. Uh, and I yeah, you can hear about anything else that I'm doing. Yeah, the band is uh, under the street lamp, but it's kind of a boy band for sixty-year-old women. So, like, it's okay if that's not for you, also. So, I, I think the images like, of what goes on at the hotel yeah, afterwards I, running through my head—is it? I can't. I can't. <clears throat> oh, it's, it's it's awesome for like because you know we're all married with children and our wives are like, you want to? Yeah, go ahead. We don't care. Like, <laughs> like, oh my gosh! I like so the many... least threatening sort of rock star. You lure him back to the room with little pieces of peppermint candy. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get Josh fired. We gotta. Watch. Sorry, sorry. Uh, don't worry. None of, we won't air any of this. Yes, we will. Uh, that's no, too good. It's fine. It's that's too fine. good. But it, you're not only in Chicago, right? You all are performing, and there's a, a schedule, and you're you're traveling. Yeah, we rarely perform in Chicago with it. Like we played uh, both Chicago and Milwaukee. Uh, a month or so ago so we won't be back in this area for 18 months so it's uh the only area that we play repeatedly is like florida because it's retirees so i'm trying not to blast the mic with like insane <laughs> cackling laughing because this is too good <laughs> all right it's fine it's fine amazing but yeah the newsletter is is, yeah. is where it's at yeah. and then and the new um, course? i'm working on a new course right now called making theory practical nice it's just let's talk about especially we have this weird thing going on in, I mean, guitar education, but also like just the way we teach, like proper air quotes, proper, you know, music school, music theory is all like, well, we start with chords and harmony, and then we it's like, where no one wants to talk about rhythm at all. Like honestly, you could play the wrong note, but just play at the right time, and like that covers, I don't know, eighty percent of sins. It's like, did it feel good? Yeah. Because if it didn't feel good, then it wasn't right, even if it was like the air quotes correct note. So, I don't know, the first, the whole first section is all about rhythms and sort of upping your rhythmic IQ so that you speak that language. Not because you necessarily want to read music or need to write down your ideas in notation, but because it's super helpful to turn to your bandmate and go, it's got hits on the one and the and of two. Great. And away we go. Love it. It's like, that means something, and it's very, it's again, it's practical. Yeah. That's amazing. Cool, man. Cool. Excellent. Thank well, it's you. been awesome talking to you, man. Appreciate you making the time. Yeah, anytime. Yep. Take care. Thanks, y'all. Oh man, that was such a good lunch break we spent with Josh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> these these lunch break interviews are actually super awesome. I like that we're doing them 
at lunch. Yeah, no, it's it's a nice way to fit it in. It gives you like some some focus to it. It's, and here's what like it just is immediately likable about Josh, right? Is like because he could say, oh, he's going to stand on credentials. He's going to say, I do this or I do that or I've got this course and I've got this thing. And when you boils down to it, and you ask him a question like, well, how do you know that you're ready to do this kind of thing yeah. and be like a source for people? He's like, because I've made enough mistakes. Yeah. And I, I know enough to say that I'm not like some perfect human out here. So I've actually got valuable information to share with you. So yeah, that was pretty cool. And then to today, as of this um as recording. of this recording, he dropped like another amazing newsletter, which is just it's all the layers of the onion that you wish to actually consume. Right. About music and guitar and where, where do people find that calmer well so his website is the best place to sign up so if you go to uh i'm gonna like say it more phonetically the way he actually pronounces it anyway so josh skaja.com so that's j-o-s-h-s-k-a-j-a.com and we'll have a link to it in the in the um credits there uh and on that page as soon as you get on that page there's a link to my writing and that's how you get to his newsletter and uh, yeah, and he's releasing his course. I, you, so you said you read the newsletter. I, I also just love and appreciate how he presents it. He's like, look, I don't use sales funnels. I don't use any kind of tricks or techniques to sell what I sell. Uh, I'm going to bother you four times a year about this. That's so right. just a heads be up, up front about right? <laughs> here's what this entails and you can yeah. walk away now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise, it's just the newsletter. And his newsletter is... It really is amazing. It, it it's like worth something people would probably pay for, and it's just yep. free. And and clearly, you know, like just like he said, you know, oh, you know, good reading is easy. Writing is not a thing. So he definitely puts puts the hours into it to make it to make it flow. So yep. it's worth yep. looking forward to every week. Definitely yeah. encourage you to sign to sign up. Um, I have another. I have a piece of retroactive follow up. Ah, I yes. realize I I skipped over, which is at the beginning of the last episode. No one understands why I go, ah, this is heaven Oh, <laughs> at the outset. But it's because we recorded with Josh the same day that we recorded the last episode. And that was when I was changing around office chairs. And you guys can probably hear my creaky old yes, uh, bar stool in here in today. my office. <laughs> and um, for our actual podcast part, I, I can't really say this proudly but i i stole my wife's chair so it didn't make any noise <laughs> and that's why i said ah oh, this was heaven and, and calamar and josh knew that because i was uh on video i was a i was agonizing oh yeah i was on video and i was agonizing over like oh should i have taken her chair uh, i don't know <laughs> that's too funny but we're, we're not going to stay on much longer because we do have homework to do for our next episode, right? Just yeah. A oh my God. Yes. The all like I am just shooting Cornell Dupree out my fingertips like the Emperor in <laughs> Star Wars. I am like mm, no. I'm 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 way behind. I think you're you're probably way better off than I am. I recommend getting Dupree. busy on that homework. So Kirk Fletcher's course is what we're looking at. It was funny because it said muting, and I was like muting, whatever. But this groove that he came up with inspired by Cornell Dupree. Uh, if you haven't heard Cornell Dupree's music, we'll have a link here also for one of his albums. It's amazing. Um, it requires a lot of muting. So it's been awesome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you'll hear us both kind of talk about it. And, I, and I, I'm certain that I can get the muting part right. And it may <laughs> actually just be good if I just mute 100% of the exercise. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's all but good. Hey, I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna learn it on a travel guitar. So that's there you go. That's cool. And then and then the other thing is this kind of weird wild card episode that we thought we would do, where we're just gonna talk. You know, we've talked about some gear on this show. We've talked about color pedals and interfaces and and you know uh, things of that nature. And we're just gonna take a different approach to talking about gear as opposed to the uh, drooling middle age guac. Uh, having uh, dad just going, oh yeah, I need that new tone pedal to give me tone. I need tone that says edge of breakup tone. <laughs> so we're going to do something a little different. <laughs> oh, that was too funny. That was excellent. Oh. All right. All right. And uh, yeah. Outstanding. And I, I guess that concludes that. This oh, concludes right. yeah. episode <laughs> eight. And only God knows if we'll be back. That's right. And <laughs> stay off my lawn. That's right. Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs>